Well, our moms think we're funny. Okay. Hi, I'm a Comey. Oh, shit, I'm yawning. <laughs> Turk is yawning. Okay, you want to start it over again? Nah, we're keeping that. Oh, wow. So <laughs> we, we really are just like <laughs> bottom of the barrel. Like, <laughs> what, what are we wasting tape here? Like, <laughs> Film's expensive. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody, this is Turk182. Yeah, and you know me. So, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so, Akomi. Yeah. What are we going to talk about today? I thought we could revisit something we did previously, which, uh, which we both had a lot of fun with. The pod, the, uh, the podcast. Good lord, it's getting late. Uh, the reboot challenge. Oh! So, uh, for those who don't remember, we had a previous episode where, uh, we each presented the other, uh, a handful of movies and we went back and forth on uh, in what ways we would uh, reboot the franchise and, like, what, what would we keep the same, what would we change about it, um, possible, like, casting ideas, things like that. And we had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we decided, you know what, let's, let's get back into that and do that again just because it was fun. It was, it was a nice change of pace for us. So... Yeah. Would you like me to go first? Do you want to go first? I wouldn't dare think about taking away, you know, the uh, the, the privilege of going first from you. Okay. Which is another way of saying I don't have anything to start off. Oh, well. Uh, so let me prevent you from thinking of anything by tossing you this one. Yes, please prevent me from thinking. <laughs> I want you to reboot American Beauty. American Beauty? Yeah. It's a classic film, I think, a very, very good film. But let let's say that, like, basically, what's pitched to you is that you know, there's there's certain elements of it that are kind of aren't aging well, as well as the association with Kevin Spacey and that whole thing. So, you know, that's like, I think that there are studios who would think it worth it to reboot it. Um, I'm not saying that I think that. I'm just saying that, like, let's just suppose that there there are powers out there who would say so, and so they approach you to reboot that film. Um, so I, you're probably going to hate me for this, but okay. um, I've never seen American Beauty. You haven't seen American Beauty? Wow. No, of course I've seen American Beauty. <laughs> what the? Come on. <laughs> I just... Oh, yeah. Well, excuse me, out of hell, mister. I haven't seen you, Jimbo. I mean... <laughs> oh, Yeah. See, see, see. You're like, what? Well, how could you not have? And I'm like, aha, I fooled you. I have seen it. Yeah. Um, so how would I remake American Beauty? That's a yeah. really good one. It yeah, really is. I, I um, really love the movie. It's a really nice movie. Um, I have to think. Because what would you, like, so what would you remake about? What would you change to make better? What was it missing that you were like, oh, I need to make it better? Uh, or is it just a matter of, Maybe I just, I just we need to redo it, but give it a better cast because now we're like, oh, it's got that guy in it. Yeah, um, which which I don't necessarily think should kill a movie, you know? Oh, I completely agree. Like, I can't imagine anybody else playing Doc in Baby Driver besides Kevin Spacey. I mean, like, it's, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I think that. I'm saying there's enough people out there who do think that, that I could see it feasibly being rebooted. Okay, so... Hmm. So let's break down what American Beauty is about. All right. It's a, a guy who's a um, 
a guy that's basically having like a midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. He feels uh, his wife is not giving him the attention that he feels he you know deserves. And was she cheating on him too? Uh, yeah, they cheat on each other. Okay. Um, or I guess he doesn't technically cheat on her. He tries. But she was cheating on him, and so he feels, you know, a certain way about that, which you know, obviously would. Um, and at the same time, his daughter, who's kind of caught in the middle of this whole thing with her parents, she ends up hooking up with, or she uh, starts to, to converse and talk with the the weird kid next door mm-hmm. who um, turns out to have a little more, little more beauty in his life than what she imagines because he keeps it to himself because he just doesn't basically trust anybody kind of knowing, you know, the, the person he is inside. And right, in, right. And either them trying to destroy it or make fun of it. And then you've, and part of that's probably coming from his father who is, uh, has got some, some hidden, uh, what do we call it? Um, tendencies. Uh, be, I don't want to say tendencies. He's got some, some. Uh, he's repressing uh, a, a lot of who he really is mm-hmm. for the sake of we don't really know what. Maybe he's just we, we don't know like what the driving force is. Is it because of society? Is it because of his upbringing? You know, whatever it is, he just decides that you know I'm not going to acknowledge this part of myself, and I'm going to just you know just push it deep, deep down inside. In which case it comes out in, in other ways. Right, right. Bad ways. Uh, so, the movie I think was really well done. And I can't really say... The only thing I could say to do differently would be to do a, a uh, do a role swap. Make the wife the one that's going through the, the crisis and not the husband. Hmm. But that doesn't really add anything to it. Yeah, I mean, no. you, you can change it, but it doesn't really change the overall story. Now I'm just telling it. I'm just telling the movie from a different angle. I'm not really adding anything to it. Yeah, see, like that, that immediately just like feels to me like it would just be change for change's sake, you know? Right. Like, like it's not adding anything. It's it's just like the female Ghostbusters of like, you know, why not? <laughs> it's like well, well, now we could see the whole thing from from this perspective. It's like, but. No matter what the my opinion, opinion, no matter what the perspective is, it still boils down to here's a person you know who's reached the you know quote unquote mid of their life, and they're having problems adjusting to it and feeling like life has passed them by, or that they've missed out on so many things for various reasons. Because I started a family, because I went and I you know got into you know a career early, mm-hmm. and I never really got a chance to live my life. But you don't. It doesn't really matter whether, in this case, it's being told from the male point of view, or the female point of view. Overall, the 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 the, the feeling is the same, right? You know, the uh, like you know, what what they're going through is the same. Um, maybe how they're handling it is different, but the 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 core of it is you hear something I don't really like, right? Right. Um, and I feel like like you know. I'm at the middle of my life. My life might as well be over because I haven't accomplished anything like I wanted to. So, if looking at it that way, what can I really make different about it? Um, I could change the time period in which it takes place. Maybe make it take place in the... Um, hmm. 
In the oh. future, in space. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm. I, I am. I'm gonna. I'm going to do a. I'm going to do a role swap. So I am gonna do it and make it the wife instead of the husband. Okay. And I'm gonna set it in the fifties. Hmm. I'm gonna set it in the late fifties, and the wife has as a job just like the husband, and that's what's causing a lot of this is because. Now she's she's spending more time out in the world away from home, mm-hmm. and she's seeing more of the world and realizing that she got married too soon. She married someone that she thought she loved, but as she realizes what love is, she realizes that she doesn't really love him. They have a kid, and there, it's in a time period where getting a divorce is not what people do. So right, she feels right. like she's trapped. He's having an affair, which... Is one of those things where back then it was like, oh, it's okay for guys to do it. Is is I may know that you do it. Everyone else may know you do it. But as long as you're not flaunting it, then we'll just pretend like it's not going on. Right. Yeah. Um. And again, it's it's okay for the man to have an affair. She starts having one too, and it's was it really has to be kept a secret. Like we can't talk about this at all. No one can talk about this. Um. So, are you saying that like she would actually fully go through with the affair, or would it would it still be the whole age different issue, age difference issue? Because um, I think that was uh, pretty central to uh, to Kevin Spacey's story. For for her, I think it would be. Um, oh, okay. I'm gonna add a I'm gonna add a different element to it, okay. which may actually change more of the story than I want to change. And we add a different element to it. The son is gay. Hmm. Uh, so instead of having a daughter, they have a son. The son is gay in a time period where no part of that is okay at all. Right, And right. so he really kind of like fights that and tries and, you know, tries to not to let people know. But at the same time, he realized that there's, there's nothing. I don't want to say there's nothing else he likes, but nothing. This This is who he is. And he knows that, you know, he's attracted to guys. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately he wants to be with a guy. Uh, so it's like, he's kind of like, eventually he's like, this, I'm not the only person that feels this way. There has to be someone else out there. He confides in someone, let's say. Um, someone that he feels close to him who um, is maybe also gay, but... It just like him, they keep it in. They keep it to themselves, right? Even though here's someone that's saying, "Oh, hey, I've got this thing going on," and they're like, "Yeah, I kind of want to say something, but at the same time, I, I, I don't feel like I can, okay, or like I should." Uh, also, that person is, is older. Now, the mother is they're older than the than the son, but not as old as the mother. The mother is attracted to them because they are an attractive person, right? And so that creates a struggle there where like the the son is attracted to the guy who he's who he's confiding in. The guy is also kind of attracted to the son, um, but knows he can't do anything. The um the mother is attracted to him, but knows that she really can't or shouldn't do anything because this is like, I don't know, maybe make it like a I don't know, like a guidance counselor or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um but also because you know, as a as a wife, that's not her duty. She still wants to be a good mother, and doing that is not really being a good mother, right? Um, right. And then 
you know, and so there's that whole conflict of everything that's going on, which then comes to a head at the end with, uh, you know, in a way that is not, not happy for the majority of them. Right, right. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'd say I don't think that's really good, but that's that's the best I can come up with. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I kind of I kind of threw that on you out of nowhere with no real uh, preparation. But I do think that sh- that changing the time period does, like for this case, if you if you do the role reversal and you change the time period, that does give it like it like an added uh, weight. Yeah, that okay. still sticks with the theme of the original. Interesting. Okay. This, um, yeah, I think I would have, I think I would have kept it like pretty similarly were I to do it, because I I look at it um, more as like the the central focus of the movie is the story of a guy who's hitting bottom. You know, it's like it hits the point where he just stops caring and he just wants to get back down to basics, which is why he like does what he does with the job. That's why it's like, you know, what he's going to worry about is like the bare minimum of what he needs to do for a job, and he's just going to focus on lifting weights, smoking weed, and chasing skirt, basically. Um, which may be an oversimplification of it, but that's, that's you know, at the end of the day, it's like, he just, he, he's not putting a lot of emotion into things outside of that. But uh, I also don't know, like, what what would I change either? Uh, so um, so that's that's pretty interesting that like you you definitely took it in like the opposite direction of where I would have gone with that. Well, I think when you're looking at something like that, it's not like he's not putting any emotion into it because there's a weight that comes with that. Oh and yeah, that's what he's trying to get away from. Yeah, he's trying to get away from the you know everything that that's pulling him down. Like these are all the chains that shackle me to this life that I can't escape from. And it's because I care. If I stop caring, then I can then I can be free. But it's it's really not that simple. You can't just not care. Right, yeah. Um I just know that like there there are multiple scenes where, you know, it's just him staring straight ahead into the camera while all this shit is just happening around him, you know? And like, you know, listening to his daughter and listening to his wife who, you know, who just got laid and is therefore in like a really good mood. And, you know, he'll, he'll just say like, you know, I quit my job today. And they just completely ignore that and just keep focusing on themselves. And like, he finally just like grabs the plate and just throws it against the wall. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, no, nobody's fucking listening. I quit my job. Everything's different now. And, um, yeah, I, I know there's that, there's that scene where like he, he finally allows himself to open up a little bit with his wife and starts trying to reconnect with her. And she's like, "Oh no, don't don't spear bill on the don't spear spill beer on the couch," and he's just like so, like indignant over like this is only a couch. What are you what are you doing here? This is only a couch. Why would you even let that distract from the moment? So, um, and so I think that's what you were talking about there with like allowing yourself to care. You know, he's he's allowing himself to like kind of put some emotion back into his relationship with his wife and all it does is hurt him in that moment. So I ca- I think that kind of feeds into um what becomes just like apathy. And I I think also that disconnect 
um, the disconnect from what's going on around him is what what leads to his ultimate <clears throat> downfall. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't really if you want to call it downfall, but what leads to his his ending, <laughs> which is that he's not aware because he's not he's not um, he because he's because he's not not taking everything seriously and he's just letting go he do, he doesn't realize what's going on around him and the perception that people are having of it yeah because he's yeah. living or trying to live in the moment and that's right. what I think I'm gonna say he's not living in the moment he's trying to live in the moment right and mm-hmm. because of that he is so oblivious to what's going on that um that he doesn't realize that oh wait somebody out there thinks that there's something different happening here than really what is. Right, right. And I could have nipped this all in the bud if I if I would invest myself in in, you know, any anything or anybody that's around me right now, but I can't because that that's that's a that's a tie to things where if I start to invest that time into it, then it, it becomes a oh wait I've got bills I got to pay. I've got a family I have to support. I've got this thing. I got that thing. I can't keep sitting around smoking weed because where's the money coming from? I've right, got to have right. some money to be able to buy weed. I got to, you know, uh, and then that next thing you know, it's like, oh, well, now I'm back to work in the shit job or I, mm-hmm. I can't go back to that job because I quit. So now I got to find a new shit job to work. It's like, no, I can't, I, I can't do any of that stuff. I need to stay, you know, I got to stay right where I am, which is like, living for the moment but i'm really just pretending to live for the moment because i'm right, not really right. in the moment i'm just trying to ignore everything else that goes on around me right yeah yeah i, I mean like I, I know that was a really hard one to uh to hit you with and i honestly don't know how i would reboot it myself but but yeah that was that was the one that uh, came came to mind for me so how about you you got one for me okay so Getting you to remake something. Um, hmm. Try to think. Excuse me. Try to think of things that I like, and uh, or like a really good movie that would be worthy of rebooting. Something that. Uh, hmm. Again, like always, I'm looking over at my shelf. I'm like, um, what could I do? Hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you did kind of just spring this one on me too, right? So yeah, I'm like, yeah. like, oh, what what would be a good one? I want something, I want something that's really, because I think about something like, no, that they've already kind of done a reboot of that, or no, that that wouldn't really work very well. Um, Sometimes the ones that don't work are the ones that are like the most challenging, though. That is true. Which is kind of like what happened with American Beauty. Um, hmm, something interesting though. You can edit all this out, right? I mean, yeah, yeah these these like super long uh, empty spots, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> right, so now I don't feel as much pressure. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just going to keep trying to make some kind of noise until something comes up into my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, something pops in my head. I'm like, wait a minute, that already is a remake of something else. <laughs> um, I mean, it's I'm okay not going to know that. It's okay to do a remake of, you know... Like with something, oh, we've already made remade this. Like, yeah, but we can do another one. Right. Just yeah. The other one, it's like really sucked. But um, 
dude. <laughs> it's like it's like one thirty in the morning, and I'm trying to think of like what 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 what. Um, okay, so I'm gonna spy with my little eye something that is remakeable. Why do you do this to me? I mean, sorry. <laughs> hmm. Give me a minute. I'm gonna find, I'm gonna come up with something really good. Sure. Okay. Just give me a minute. So while you're thinking, I'm just gonna bitch a little bit about. There's these. Uh, co- there's this company, NoPiracy.org, who's basically offering cash rewards for people to report unlicensed business software, which I would say includes things like Photoshop. I've seen them advertised in a movie theater. Fuck those guys. Okay. <laughs> I mean that that just pisses me off. That I mean it's. It's just like, you're basically just trying to kick off a witch hunt for software. I mean, it's just, it's bullshit. Yeah, you know, I, and I'm not saying that, that companies deserve to be ripped off or have people, uh, you know, make copies of, you know, of their software and that kind of stuff. But when you have places like Microsoft and all these other places that are coming out with these, like, 365 versions were it's like well you don't own it anymore now yeah, you're just yeah. renting it from us you know uh, and and you you're in you, you have to renew your license every year or pay for it by the month They're like wait just because you want more money because i wouldn't buy another copy of windows until you force me to upgrade and or i wouldn't buy like you know well we made a, a new version of uh, i don't know uh, adobe photoshop right and now it's got a sparkle filter to it and it's going to be, you know, the same price plus 50 bucks as the old one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't need a sparkle filter. Yeah, but we want you to buy this. <laughs> but now it's not compatible. Right. So, <laughs> so okay, guess what? Now you've got to rebuy this whole thing. I'm going to make you do it by no longer making that, you know, I'm not going to upgrade it anymore for whatever the new iOS is or operating system for your, you know, for whatever it is you have there. And then... And now when you want to buy something, like, no, 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 we're not going to sell you the product anymore. We're just going to rent it to you. Right, yeah. Like, no, sorry. I think that's kind of shitty. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, sorry, that just uh, that just cropped up on my phone while I was... While I was waiting, and it just made me mad. Damn it, you still got me here. <laughs> So now you have to make two edits because I'm still thinking because you pulled me into a conversation when I was supposed to be thinking. <laughs> uh, you know what makes this worse is that if I did find a movie, you'd be like, I've never seen it before. But <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't know how to wouldn't know how to remake that because I've never even heard of it. I'm like, oh, geez, really? Well, worst case scenario, you can just give me like a brief overview and I'll just fly blind. Hmm. So that's how they handle a lot of reboots, anyway. Yeah, pretty much. They'd be like, "Oh, we're just gonna use the title, and then just you know, just make some shit up after that." <laughs> yep. Um, takes a chance to make no, that, that doesn't do it. Um, okay, that's a good one. Just uh, just coming on TV. Um, Scream. Remake okay. Scream. Uh, so, I have not seen Scream, but uh, what a movie you haven't seen? <laughs> Um, uh, so I'm, I'm familiar with the basic premise, but just give me like, give me like a cliff notes overview here. Cause I know that it's about a guy who was heavily influenced by horror films and kind of used that and decided to be like a copycat killer basically, right? Nope. No? Okay. Not at all. I was totally off. Okay. Okay. So the, the actual real story is 
there's a uh, there's a guy. Um, so there's this girl. I think her name is Sydney. And uh, her mom was killed by some guy. He, uh, I think they were he and the, the mother were having an affair, and she tried to call. I've only seen it once. Um, uh, it was a long time ago. Anyway, uh, having an affair, and she wanted to call it off, or something happened, and they got into a fight. Anyway, he killed her, and uh, and that was it. Hmm. So okay. now it's just it's just this girl and her dad, and this uh, this killer shows up. And the killer kills uh, Drew Barrymore's character. And then people are like, oh, no, there's a killer running around town. And uh, the killer dresses like this ghost face character. Right. And, um, and is going around killing people. But Now, is that it, just like a look he created for himself? Or was there a pre-existing ghost face? Just, that... a, just a look as far as I know. Okay. So he um, running around doing this stuff. But when he called her... Uh, he was asking her these movies, like, do you like scary movies, and what's your favorite this, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so he's been calling and taunting, like, his victims beforehand, and then someone's like, oh, you know, this person is, like, using all the horror movie tropes, or, like, like we're, Jamie Kane's character's like, we're caught in a horror movie, and these are the tropes, and you don't do this, and you don't do that, and blah, blah, blah. But in, in the end, it all, it all comes out to, um, the wife was having an affair but the wife was having an affair with this uh, this guy's um, mom. I mean, with this guy's dad, and uh, it like destroyed like the parents' relationship or some shit like that. And so they killed the girl's uh, mother, and then blamed this this other random guy on it, and made it seem like he was the one that was having an affair. He's the one that killed her, and so because the mom had ruined the ruined the um marriage of this guy's parents then uh he decided he was going to do the same thing to to her parents relationship uh to do the same thing to her so not knowing who this kid was this long drawn story he started dating her and then um was gonna like take her virginity fuck her and then kill her and be like oh look because this is what your what your mom did to to you know to my my family, whatever, just ruined the whole thing and blah blah blah. I mean, okay. wasn't like the best plot in the world, but yeah, the whole ghost face thing was really just a cover for this guy and his friend who were um, taking turns pretending to be ghost face so to kind of throw people off and uh, and really uh, working their way up to killing this girl. But they had to kill a bunch of other people too, so it couldn't really be traced back to them. And um, and doing that because they wanted to, uh, he wanted to get revenge on her ruining his parents relationship because her mom was a whore hmm. I was, her mom wasn't a whore because her mom had an affair and he was like it just kind of broke his brain but like oh no my parents aren't perfect okay and that's pretty much it okay so how would i re- as i remember it okay yeah I'm, I'm i've been skimming over the uh the wikipedia article uh while you're while you were uh, going over that how close was that um I'm I'm a little bit behind, but so far you've been accurate as far as where I'm at. Uh, okay. So. Okay, yeah, so, um. <sighs> I, I think if I were to reboot this, um, I'd go with a relatively, like, you know, it, it wouldn't have to really be, like, any kind of A-list cast or anything like that. Um, 
But I, I think the way I would restructure the story... <clears throat> sorry, my throat is getting dry. I think the way I would restructure the story... <clears throat> would be that instead of this being some kind of a weird um, revenge plot where he's, like, blaming this chick unnecessarily for his parents and her parents' shortcomings, what I would want to see happen here is that it's actually legitimately uh, a story of obsession where he, he really does have a thing for her and she just doesn't even notice him. So it becomes more of the thing of, like... This this phone call that initiates it of calling her and being like, oh, what's your what's your favorite scary movie and all this stuff. That like this is his way of trying to reach out to her. That he's like actually trying to establish some common ground. So like let's say this guy is the school nerd or whatever, and you know he's he is just obsessed with like these slasher movies, and uh, <clears throat> and so like. Instead of this whole thing of like, oh, I'm going to call her and mess with her and play games with her and use and uh, and use like these these questions about scary movies as a thing of, oh, you have to cooperate with my game or I'll kill this person I'm holding hostage or, or however it is he does it. Instead, let's make it that like, you know, he finally works up the courage to contact her and um, it's like, you know, this this is the only way he knows how to reach out is to just be asking those kind of questions. And, you know, she's just having none of it because it's like, you know, oh, I, I don't watch that stuff. I think that stuff's for nerds or whatever. And that's what breaks him. And it's like, oh, no, I'm going to I'm going to prove that my interests are, you know, worthwhile. And so it becomes this thing of like he sets up this elaborate stuff. And it's uh, it's just to basically prove to her, no, I'm, I'm not a loser. I'm something that you have to be afraid of as well. Okay. So it's it's more of like, you know, he's proving himself, that that kind of thing. And potentially, there's not even any actual murders throughout this thing, maybe. Or maybe there isn't at first. That it's all just like staged stuff. But then maybe it winds up going too far with him. And he's like, he winds up being so overcommitted that he does wind up killing somebody. And then it's like, oh, now I'm, now I'm too far in this. I can't back out of it now. Right. So... <clears throat> So yeah, so there you go. I think I think that's how I would handle that as far as that goes for a reboot. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. Just so it turns into like a into like a stalker, like uh, like I like I, I, I notice me, and it's like now I'll make you notice me. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like before, before I just wanted you just to acknowledge that that I existed, and now it's like no, I want you to not only acknowledge me, but you know. But to to see me, you know, as as not as as not, not necessarily a threat, but you know, as a uh, it's it's a matter of I want you to validate my interests. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like you know, no, this isn't some silly thing. This is you know, this is real to me, and this is important to me. And in a lot of ways, it wouldn't be super different from you know. You could invert that kind of plot to like a superhero thing instead, and then it would be very like kick ass esque of like no, I'll prove to you that superheroes aren't stupid by becoming a superhero, but instead it's like no, I'll prove to you that the slashers aren't stupid by becoming a slasher. Right. They're they're, they're not this this like goofy thing you see in the movies. It's right. Yeah. It's something more more frightening and deadly. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So. 
I think, um, you know, it would obviously be a very different thing. It would just be Scream and, like, name only. But uh, I think that would be pretty interesting. I think making the focus, the fact that he is obsessed and interested in horror movies would would make it, like, kind of a refreshing take on it. Okay, that works. Yeah. All right. Um, shit, where are we at? Uh, we are at 30 minutes. All right, let's go ahead and just take a break here. Sure. And uh, and then uh, we'll do uh, one more each. One more each works for me. All right, sounds good. Cool. Anyway, hey, we're back. Yep. Okay, so you got another one for me? Uh, I do. I do. Um, and again, you know, like like a lot of the stuff I've brought up, uh. In in the past few episodes, I'm going to bring this up because I recently watched it uh, for the first time, and so it's fresh on my mind. So, I want you to reboot Legend of the Overfiend. <laughs> you're, you're a bit far away from the mic. It doesn't look like it's uh, picking you up. <laughs> Good. Interesting. <laughs> you got to go all your Sammy Sam. Present, present, present. Um, so i i bring that up because i watched it more as just a matter of curiosity of like you know anytime i ever heard people talk about it they were just like oh yeah that was was like the introduction of the tentacle erotica tropes yeah and uh so i went into it just expecting it to be nothing more than that and it actually had a plot yeah like surprisingly so it had a plot and it wasn't a bad movie and uh and it was, like, shockingly tame compared to a lot of the hentai I've seen. So, like, you know... Oh, I'm... slow down there, Sam Jackson. <laughs> so, I mean, like... No, I mean, I, th- I thought it was I thought it was a really interesting concept, and they actually did a pretty decent job building a world. So, yeah. So, um... And it doesn't have to be an animated thing if you don't want it to be. I mean, you could reboot this to be live action if you wanted. It's up, up to you entirely. <laughs> Yeah. So basically, you're like, do you want to make hentai or porno? Well, no, because I'm thinking, like, does it even necessarily need to have the focal point being on, like, all these demons with, like, six penises and tentacles coming out of their chins? Uh, like... yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, I mean, it's it's up to you. It, However it's... you want to handle this, this is your reboot, dude. That's so... kind of, that's kind of like the whole thing. <laughs> That would be like they'd be like like remaking like a I don't know like a really popular anime but casting an American in a lead. You just don't do that. Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, no, I was, like, <laughs> I was being an asshole on purpose. <laughs> which I don't have a problem with Ghost in the Shell, but um, which they will we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> we've but no, about if you, if you if you're gonna do something like that, you can't just cut out all the sex part and be like, yeah, we're just gonna have it be about this monster and you know, um. Uh, Again, it was it was a lot tamer than I thought, actually. Mm. I mean, like, it doesn't actually show stuff in very explicit detail. Uh, when the guy, the basketball player guy, is having sex with a girl on the couch and his dick starts to glow and she goes flying across the room? Yeah. That, that really graphic? You're, you're not watching the same hentai I am, dude. <laughs> Apparently not. Sorry. Uh, so. But that that is a very common... Japanese thing for them to use like light as a form of censoring. 
well, genitalia. I almost, when we were flipping through channels earlier, I almost put on Wicked City. Hmm. Which, if you've never seen Wicked City, it's got a really nice plot. And I love that heavier, that older, like, um, I think, like heavily shaded, uh, like, anime style. Yeah, I think you showed me uh, the opening scene to that. Yeah, with the, with the chick with the, the, the spider, spider chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then we go on beyond that and stuff. It's, you know, it's pretty cool. I, I liked <laughs> it a lot. Um, cause like I said, it does have like a really good plot. And then in the end, you're like, oh, there's a reason why these two people are put together. Right, yeah. Um, but, um, so Legend of the Orphine. Um, okay, give me the, the basic plot of it again. Uh, the basic plot is that there are three worlds. There's the world of the humans, the world of the demons, and the world of the beastmen. And the Beastmen have a prophecy that the Overfiend will arise and unite these three worlds into a utopia. So there are agents of the Beastmen who are basically operating in the world of the humans, trying to find which human is going to become the Overfiend and unite their three worlds. Uh, so they're basically looking for this messiah figure. Um, they have a few people who they suspect, oh, this guy could possibly be it, but they don't know for sure. Um... The demons are just basically there to live sensually, rape whatever women they can. Uh, you know, they're just, you know, they're, they're pretty much what you would expect um, demons with genitalia to be. <clears throat> so, um, as the movie goes on, you come to find out that, you know, the protagonist, who's this bumbling guy who basically just, like, hides out in the girls' locker room and watches them change, is actually this prophesied overfiend. <clears throat> and, uh, so this, uh, like, the, the Beastman figured this out right about the same time that the demons do. This makes him a huge target. So, you've got demons coming after him, you've got the Beastman basically trying to awaken his powers, and, uh, they finally are able to awaken it. And then the Elder of the Beastmen looks into his soul and realizes, yes, this guy's the Overfiend, but it's not what we thought it was going to be. And this guy is just basically the embodiment of evil. And he's like, um, you know, I'm just this innocent, you know, Japanese school guy. I don't, I don't feel evil. And it starts to escalate from there. Okay. And then, like, the it, it ends, of course, on a cliffhanger because it goes on for several movies. But uh, it, it basically ends with, like, he's not actually the one who's going to change the world. He's just paving the way for his child to actually be the overfiend who will change the world. Wow, that's that's a lot to take in. Yeah, it's it's a very, very complicated plot. Mm. And then somewhere along the way he becomes like this thirty foot tall uh dick demon with like forty penis tentacles. It's kinda hot. I should be so lucky. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean I don't know man, forty dicks, that's a lot of dicks. Yeah. Just day and night, dick, 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 dick. <laughs> How many dicks is that? It's a lot. It's a lot of dick. Uh, uh, so what, um, <clears throat> how would I remake that? Uh, well, obviously I've got to, I've got to, I'm going to make it, an, um, I'm going to make it uh, uh, anime. I'm going to okay. kind of stick with that soul thing. That way there's no restrictions on how I can make it. Um, you going to go gonna with f- an actual Japanese studio? You're going to do like. Like Avatar did, and get an American studio that kind of does that anime style. Um, I'm going straight up with a Disney. <laughs> sure, okay. Yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm going to stick with it with a, with a with a Japanese studio. Hmm, um, okay, Ghibli. Oh uh, yes, yeah, Studio Ghibli. Yeah, yeah, Ghibli. Yeah, that, that's what I'm. 
Because then it'll be then it'll be artistic. It won't it won't just be pornographic. It'll be artistic. It'll be it would be a beautifully animated film, right? Like no one no one draws a dick like Kim Miyazaki. <laughs> uh, I do I do think that the animation team that did Akira could probably handle uh, Overfiend pretty well, honestly. Yeah, probably. Um, I don't know if they would want to, but they could. Yeah, they, they're probably not. That would, would cost a lot of money from you. But like, come on, can you guys please just do this? <laughs> just draw a few dozen penises, please. Um, Dicticles. So we we were we were just doing the math here, and I, no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him, Roger. Um, <laughs> there's no way for the human body or even a beast humanoid body to be able to support 40 dicks. Now we've got dicks coming out of this part and this part and this part. I know they're all fine, but you know, the other 10 dicks, we can't really think of a way they can actually attach to the body to where they can be controlled by the muscles. See, these muscles here, they're going to be devoted. <laughs> this is, it's just, it doesn't work. Now we can change the, uh, the design of the overfiend by making it look more like this. And then you can incorporate that, but it's not going to have the human look that you want. Um, <laughs> It just and you know if and if it can't be realistic, we can't realistically show how a guy's gonna have forty penises. Do you really want that in the movie? Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, so you'll go with the Japanese studio. Yeah. It will be an anime proper. Yes. Uh, okay. So what do you want to keep the same, and what do you want to change? Um. What do I want to keep the same? What do I want to change? That's a God. See, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> I feel like this would almost be easier than uh, American Beauty, though. Well, again, it's not. It's not just as easy as let me just say, okay, we're just gonna redraw it or give it a new studio. Like, how do I change things about it? Um, uh, let's see, so okay, we'll keep with the whole thing about the uh, about the the three. The three, uh, the three worlds, and the coming together of the three worlds. Okay, but we're gonna change it. Like, why, why is the coming of the three worlds uh, necessary? Like, what's, why do we need the three worlds to come together? Why can't they stay separate? Like, what is it that that's that is so? That like, is a theme that they explore in the movie because uh, you know they come to find out that he has to destroy the three worlds in order to rebuild them as one. Okay. So that that is actually explored. So that's that's feasible. Okay. So the three worlds are incomplete. So the worlds were separated. Um, the worlds were separated at the time because there was an imbalance. Like the the human world could not could not compete or couldn't live up to the the demon world and the what's the other what's the other world? Uh, the beastmen world. Okay, the demon world and the beastmen world. Right? They they they. They they couldn't fight that. So the 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 demon world and the beastmen world basically just ran roughshod over the human world. They were easy targets for them to do whatever they wanted to. You know, the the demon world had no problem with like, you know, attacking them and, you know, using them for their for whatever their pleasures were, and even just like, oh, eating them. It was fun to to like, you know, like almost like hunting like people go hunting well this was their hunting it's like oh we'll just go and attack the human world that way we don't have to worry about um about pissing off the you know the the beastman world the beastman world doesn't have to worry about pissing off the demon world you know so but the humans they're they're just sport they're 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 game right. um uh so 
So then that became that became the thing for them, and the humans were basically dying out. But the humans can't die. Everyone has to live together because it's just like any other kind of like ecosystem. Right. You right. have to have everything in, in balance. But the humans were so um, were so underpowered. The the whole the 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 thing is what you would eventually have would be this 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 mixed race of sorts where a demon would um would uh commingle with a beast and create a demon beast type baby the beast would create with a human and so on and eventually those people would then somehow intermix but it wouldn't be like where they'd all it'd be kind of like this one like this one single race you would still have like a, a hybrid of all the different races mm-hmm. so you still have the qualities of each one but they would be able to to cohabitate because you would have the strength enough to where neither one of you would be you know would be prey for the other right right um you have your different strengths and weaknesses but no one would be really really weak so that didn't happen so that's why the races were separated but well the worlds were separated but with the worlds being separated they were weak Mm -hmm. and they eventually had to come back together um but the idea was that the humans the way they were they need to get stronger on their own um, but what happened was you had the, you had the, the members of the, of the demon world and members of the beast world that would kind of break the, the line, break the barrier. Right. Um, because they're like, well, we don't want them to be strong. It, it takes away our fun. Right. So all we have to do is we just have to, you know, have as much fun as we can without destroying the human race. You know, so we'll, we'll just, we'll just kind of like cull them a bit. Mm-hmm. And then they won't be able to rise up. You won't have that. But the, the prophecy is that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, so you you basically have this uh, this one this one guy, the popular guy, and he just kind of you know he's popular. Everyone likes him, and you know he's you know you know I'll, I'll make him like a a college kid. It's always better when you work with like someone young and and not like an like an adult. So right, he's, yeah. he's a college guy. He you know. Making, I think in the in the original, he's like like a basketball player or something. Uh, no, the basketball player was the one they thought was going to be the oh, overfiend, right? And but it, it, was, it was out. the young kid that was always watching on him, and watching him and masturbating. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so the basketball player though, he actually is the overfiend, but his deal is that um, he's been kind of like, you know, just going around fucking around or whatever. And ideally, what would eventually happen was he would end up. Um, the worlds would be destroyed. This is getting way out of hand. the The worlds would be destroyed, <laughs> but what would what would happen is that um, he would have started basically the new race because of all his screwing around. He would end up screwing a demon girl and a beast girl because they can they can disguise themselves. They've got power, right, right? Right. And he would end up doing that, and so that would then be the start of this like new race that would form as a new race forms. Right, the other, the old worlds kind of fall away. So then you would actually have them; they would kind of destroy themselves, right? And then this new world would form, um, because they would this new the this new race would then kind of start up um, by bringing the best of the other worlds there. So they would just kind of gradually fall away. Hmm. Um, doesn't quite happen like that, and so someone then activates the overfiend into what he really is so keeping him hidden keeping him subtle was the way to do it 
Right. But when the demons and the beasts find out, they're like, well, we've got to kill this guy. And he gets activated too soon. Right, right. And and then it kind of, it goes, it goes a little wild. And he just starts to kind of like taking over everything. And it's like, you know, I've got to. And, and then instead of him creating a world where it's supposed to be, you know, a mixture of all of them, he's going to create his world. Mm-hmm. And now they've got to stop him. And and his like weird bastardized like you know like fuck children that he's created, <laughs> um, but at the same time though we still need him because he is the one that's going to unite them. So it's like we've got to stop him, but we still also need him to do the job that he's supposed to do to save the three worlds. Yeah, yeah, that's the only way I can think of doing it like on the fly. I like it. So uh, I think it makes it a little more coherent, actually. So, yeah, I like it. All right. All right, so last one. What do you got for me? Hellraiser. Hellraiser, okay. Because hmm. Hellraiser is in need of a good reboot. <clears throat> so... You need some water or anything first? Uh, my throat is a bit dry. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to run up and grab a bottle. Okay. <clears throat> All right, that's that is way better. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I really needed water. <laughs> okay, so Hellraiser. Mm. That's tough because a lot of what I like about Hellraiser is that it is such a product of its time. You know, you've got all the uh, all the practical effects, and there's not really like CG or anything. It's all it's all practical effects. Mm-hmm. So I'd kind of like to try to retain that as much as possible. Uh, I think in this day and age, you can get really good practical effects that are far more convincing. So we just need to find like the proper resources and studios to. Uh, to be able to do that well and to do that properly. Okay. So we'd definitely stick with that. Um, I guess the biggest thing, the puzzle box has to kind of be consistent and stay the same. That's like really the, the focal point. That's the MacGuffin, if you will, of this story. Um, the people involved and probably the Cenobites, I, I think we can afford to make different and to change. Okay. So, it's been a little while since I've seen the first Hellraiser. <clears throat> so, as I remember correctly, this guy is uh, has traveled to like like way, way far off into this faraway land, looking for some kind of earthly pleasures, and it's basically determined. Oh, he's explored every option for earthly pleasure, and now he has to look beyond that. And they give him the puzzle box, and he opens it, and away and opens up the portal to hell. That's that's basically the gist of that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and as I as I understand it, with the with the lament box, it's supposed to be one way of solving the box that opens uh, that opens the passage to heaven. Yeah, every other way opens hell. Okay, I, and I think that was described, and I've never read Hellbound Heart. So maybe described in there, but I think it was talked about in the Hellraiser comic books. I think so. That that sounds right. Um, it's it's I'm not as familiar with the franchise as I'd like to be, which is sad. 
Uh, so here's here's how I would do this differently. Um, and it's not to disrespect the source material because uh, again, I really like the movies. Uh, or the, at least, you know, I, I like the first two, the third one's kind of shitty and I never watched the fourth. I think, I think Clive Barker actually directed the first one. Wow. Okay. Um, the first one's incredible. So first thing I'm going to focus on here is, uh, the person involved. Instead of making him this, like, this kind of creep, this sensualist who's just looking for earthly pleasures... I want to make him a seminary student. Ooh. I want to make it that, you know, this guy's whole focus throughout uh, throughout school and learning the Bible has been things like he he's fascinated by the concept of the of heaven and hell being physical places that you can go to, because the Bible seems to point towards that kind of thing. You have like the story of the Tower of Babel, and the reason God scrambles the languages is because he's saying humanity's going to be able to accomplish any of this stuff unless I do something to stop it. So this guy's, you know, exploring all these ancient myths of like, oh, you can physically move your body to heaven or hell. And then he catches wind of the puzzle box and he hears, oh, you know, it's possible if you really know what you're doing, it's possible to, to make it to heaven. Um, so he he goes and like checks his resources. He's talking to like all these people who are in the know, so to speak. And he's almost positive that he knows what he needs to do to open the way to heaven. <clears throat> so the, there's a lot more of like laying out the groundwork ahead of time in doing it this way. And there's 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 not as much of an air of mystery of you figure this stuff out as you go or you figure this stuff out over the course of several movies. This is more like he's almost positive that he knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. but then he messes it up, and that opens the portal to hell. And then we bring in the Cenobites. <clears throat> so I think my take would be to, instead of pulling from the movie, because the Cenobites were very different in the movie than they were from the book. I remember reading that. Okay. That, um, like, Pinhead wasn't even named Pinhead in the original book. Right. So I would want to take the basic descriptions of the Cenobites as they're listed in the book and use the names and whatnot from the book and just kind of like push those descriptions to the extreme, almost caricaturize them so that it's like really, really like extreme edgy versions of what they're described as in the book. And then it goes on from there that now it becomes a game for this guy to try to save his soul and to try to get the box closed back. So it kind of brings it back in to line up with the basic beats of the original movie. And at the same time, he is struggling because the Cenobites are presenting this as pleasure. Um, You know, that's, that's their whole thing, is we have wonders to show you, the only pleasure is pain, all that stuff. So I think that throughout this journey of him trying to like fix what he's messed up, he has to be struggling with, you know, am I actually liking what I'm experiencing? And you have to have that crisis of faith. Hmm. And I think the last element of this, 
Because you have that moment in Hellraiser 2 where uh, Pinhead and a few others actually kind of, like, do their part to, to help humanity. And uh, you have, like, oh good, it's a fight. You have that moment. So I think there needs to be one Cenobite who realizes that, you know, the box doesn't need to be open, that hell and earth don't need to be merged. And so he's actually trying to help the seminary student of, like, I can help you get the box closed. Or uh, it could also be that maybe this student has to be faced with the choice of, well, my teeth really whistled there. Um, maybe it, it's that the student has to be faced with the choice of, I can still navigate this to get my way into heaven, but that'll leave the box open and leave the portal to hell open. Or I can close this and fix everything and bring Earth back to the way it is. So then he has something invested to where he could actually significantly lose by doing the right thing. So, there we go. <laughs> okay. I can see that. That's not bad. Yeah, I, I, I think that could be a, a pretty fun approach to it. Um, I think I, I like I, I like what the ideas you have for that. If I was gonna um, if I was gonna remake that, I'd like to take some of your ideas, but I would maybe take, turn them around a little bit. Okay. Like uh, I would have the 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 guy that's a seminary student, um, maybe if like committed some crime that he's that he's never been caught for, and because he's never been caught. It's almost like he didn't commit it, like you know, like right, right. I, I killed somebody, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, I was drinking and driving or whatever, and I killed somebody, but no one ever saw it, so, so I, I I've never been punished for it, uh, and so because of that, it's almost like it didn't happen, but I know it happened, and I know that I, you know, I'll go to hell, you know, for this unless, um, unless I'm, yeah, I can repent, but. He doesn't feel like he can repent because no one knows what he did. Right, right. Um, and so he can't. He can't just. He doesn't feel like he can just excuse himself um, because no one knows what he did. And uh, and so plus he doesn't really know how he how. So he you know uh, goes to seminary school and you know tries to become you know like a like a, a priest or a pastor or a minister or whatever it is. Um, and even then he's just like it's. It does. He doesn't feel like he's can be redeemed or that he's redeemable. Like this, this doesn't feel like it's enough, and he still thinks that he's going to go to hell for this. Right, right. Um, so he finds out about the lament box, and he's like, "Well, there's only one way that I can ensure that I'll go to heaven." Mm-hmm. And so okay. that's why he decides to to get the box and try to open it up. So because he just doesn't feel like the, like anything else will will get him into heaven, and. Um, and so, but he, he, of course, screws it up, and he opens the opens the door to hell, and by when he opens the door to hell, uh, you know, then all the stuff comes out, and of course, you know, the the Cenobites come out, and now the door to hell has been opened. You you can't just close it, right? And right. it's not like like they just want to take you and be like, yo, okay, you're the person that opened it up, so let me take you. And it's like, oh. You open the door to hell, so now hell is coming out on Earth. And that's that's like the thing with it. If you want to open the box because you think you found the way to heaven, that's fine. But you have to understand that that if you open it the wrong way, you open the door to hell on Earth. Right, right. 
So like, so it's like, are you really that, that selfish that you're willing to risk that? Yeah. Um, so he, so the box is open, opens the passage to hell. And of course, hell starts to come out and, um, hell starts to come out and the, um, and it can basically comes down to, well, the only way to, to stop it is to kill the head Cenobite. And of course that's done, but that doesn't work because, you know, it's, it's hell on earth. It's not all just entrusted to one person. You're going to leave my army. And if then, if you die, then will the army, you know, just everything just stops. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. Right. Right. Um, and it's like, and basically in the end, the guy has to make a choice and he, he's like, well, I've now, he's like, where all I wanted to do was, was atone for what I did before in the past. And, and maybe I have, but I just didn't feel it. Right. But now I've, I've unleashed hell on earth. And because of that, I can never be redeemed. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go to hell no matter what. But maybe I can save the rest of the, of the, of the planet, save the rest of earth. And he does that by taking the lead Cenobite's place. Hmm. So okay. that person was killed and he's like, well, um, the, the army's still going, but now the army's kind of more reckless. So he takes the lead Cenobite's place and he becomes that Cenobite. Mm-hmm. And he's able to marshal the forces back into hell and close the box. But the sacrifice is that now he's trapped in hell, not just trapped in hell, but he is like, the almost like the keeper of the doorway to the box yeah and and so everything he tried to do he basically undoes and and almost forges his own punishment yeah in the beginning okay i like that see i thought i i I thought we would struggle to come up with uh something good with that but i i actually like both of our ideas well i just basically just ran with yours if you asked me to do it on my own i've been like oh (laughs) um Cool. Oh, and right. for and for for the sequel, yeah. For the sequel, what we find out is that when the door to hell was opened and hell was like on Earth, mm-hmm. then um, so, like, like someone escaped from hell. They mixed in with the with the forces. Yeah. And when the box was closed, this person was not was not brought back in. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, make this person a psychopath, or you can make him maybe like a I don't know. Maybe he's like a a misguided like Satan worshiper or whatever. Right. Yeah. And and they're like, you know, I it's just like, Stephen yeah. King. <laughs> so you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, I've got to get, I've got to, you know, like they like, you know, my Lord Satan all, almost took over the, you know, the earth, you know, and uh, it, you know, took everything away from God. And it's like he was, he was right there, and 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 you know, it all was taken back from him. So I, um. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, do, uh, what's the word? I'm going to make him happy by, you know, by giving him an opportunity to take over the earth again. Yeah. And what he does is he makes a new lament box. Hmm. Okay. Okay. He makes a new, a new lament box and, and puts it out there. Which maybe this is more like a, I don't know, this might be like a good like sequel or whatever. So you know what he does? Yeah. He he uh somehow 
through whatever his means are, takes over like a, or starts his own toy company or maybe takes over a toy company hmm. and basically makes like a Rubik's Cube. Oh, okay. The cube has like the symbols etched on the face. Right. But then they're covered up with the colored stickers. Huh, okay. So then people get the cubes and they scramble them up and are trying to solve the, the cubes. But really what they're also doing is underneath that, the symbols are all in the cube. Yeah. And they're all opening passages to hell. Nice. And so because this thing, like these cubes are everywhere, it's not just one that you have to close. Right, yeah. And now it's almost impossible because they're everywhere. Yeah, wow. Yeah, see, this, I mean, like, I, I could see that being, like, a big multi-movie series. So, that's pretty cool. Honestly, we should we should kind of do something with this. <laughs> I like these ideas a lot. And, All right. And, you know, you know, you, you, know, you solve it? Uh, you check out the hook while the DJ revolves it? Ice, ice, bitch. <laughs> but now, how do you solve it? Um, I was actually going to try to do the next line, but with the country twang, but, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, oh, it's like, I, it's like, I can't, I can't think of, I can't think of like the next line for, from just right, like right in the middle. Um, so someone finds out, uh, through some means or whatever, maybe the stickers come out or whatever, they find out about it and there's an, there's an autistic kid. Huh. That looks at it and he's looking at it and it all registers in his head and he opens the one passage to heaven. Hmm. I like that. I like that a lot and that that kind of uh, that that kind of allows there to be like an autistic hero without it being really like heavy-handed or kind of forced into the story. Right. It, it's very, like, fluid and organic, and uh, I, I like that aspect of it. And then the passage to heaven opens up. He steps through and goes, This is what you do for making fun of me! And then he, <laughs> he flips them all off, and then, and then it closes. They're like, You bastard! <laughs> He's, he says, No, no I'll finally find myself a sweetheart. <laughs> Surely not all the pretty girls in heaven have been taken. <laughs> Come on, Sonic Chu and Rosa Chu. <laughs> no, but but yeah, but then he opens it up and and then like, oh, now we're all saved. <laughs> um. So, uh, I just gotta mention this because you because you you brought up Chris Chan there. <laughs> God, I hate I hate doing this. <laughs> I absolutely hate doing this. Go on. <laughs> And I, I'm putting this on on audio, so <laughs> I can I can never like recant. <laughs> it's going to be out there forever, pretty much. Yeah. The Sonic movie looks fun. It does. I really like the. Uh... I, I, I'm not going to say it's going to be a good movie. No, no, I'm not going to say I'm going to buy it. I. It looks fun. Yeah. No, I think they did an amazing job. With the character redesign, um, like that, they they showed the numbers on that. That cost them a lot of money to fix. 
Okay, a I, lot of money. I'm still holding true to the idea of that what we saw in the trailer was never the real one. I agree. That yeah. it was it was all like they that what they have right now was what they always had. But because some people were like, "Oh no, we don't want to," you know, like this is stupid. We don't need this movie. You put something out there that looks bad and have, have all the outrage. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, well, we're going to clean it up. Right. And then right. you're like, okay, we've already got it. We've already got it done. So it's it's done. And they were like, look, we cleaned up. And everyone's like, yeah, that looks so much better. <laughs> Instead, now you've got all this free publicity for not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about this before. And I think we talked about off mic. Is one of the things that leads me to believe that is when you look at the comparison, which some people did a comparison side by side, mm-hmm. they changed. Like so, like someone would say, well, when you, if you're gonna redo that, are you gonna like re, um, like redo like the character design? Yeah, you can't just swap the character out. There's a whole texture and mapping yeah, and yeah. lighting that you have to redo. That makes perfect sense. But they change the camera angles mm-hmm. on a lot of the scenes, which yeah, that yeah. is unnecessary. Just because you change the the way the character looks. And you change their height, you change their size, you have to change the lighting and all that stuff, but you completely change the camera angles. Yeah, yeah. That's unnecessary. Right. And that, it's extra work, too. Right. That, to me, says that that it was never done that way. Mm-hmm. You already had it done. Because, again, why would, you, why would you do that? Why would you have to change it just because you changed one part of it? Yeah. Doesn't mean you have to kind of redo that entire scene. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I, I think that, that it seems very strongly that that's what happened with it. Uh, but, yeah, no, um, I mean, like, the way Sonic looks now, he looks good. And it does look like a fun movie. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of cringe from Jim Carrey as Robotnik, but... Uh, yeah, that's the only thing I'm not looking forward to. Well, I mean, I'm not planning on paying to see the movie anyway, but <laughs> that's the one thing that doesn't hold my my attention at all. Yeah, but uh, I also think that there's going to be moments where he does it pretty well. It's just going to be, like, striking that balance. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think I'm going to watch it. <laughs> Are you going to pay... To see it. Are you going to go see it, it in a theater? It depends. You know, if, uh, if like Grace wants to go see it, then I mean, I, I would probably go see it in theaters under those circumstances. Otherwise I would probably just like try to find a way to see it for free. I don't think it's going to be a detective Pikachu. That's for sure. Oh, hell no. It's, it's not possible for it to be a detective Pikachu. How do you make a sequel to detective Pikachu, by the way? Um, you really couldn't, honestly, the way it ended. Yeah, it's like, oh no, Dad, you somehow got swapped with Pikachu again. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I just love swapping with Pikachu. <laughs> Here I go again, swapping with Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I really don't think so. And I think they could do other Pokemon movies in that style. I mean, like the live action and the CG, all that worked really nicely. But without having, like, like, Pikachu kind of like talking or having mm-hmm. the Pokemon talk. I don't think it it really works as well. Yeah, I, I don't think so. But yeah, but they've been talking about a sequel. I just don't see how it works. I don't know. I mean that that'd be tough. But uh, I don't know. I mean I, I would like to I would like to see more from that. You know that's you know and that's something we've talked about with like the art and stuff that like um it it goes a long way to. 
it, it goes a long way to show that you, that you give a damn about your franchise, you know? Yeah. And Nintendo really demonstrated that they cared a lot about how they handle Pokemon in Detective Pikachu. So I would I would actually like to see more from them on that front, however they wind up doing it. I mean, it really didn't seem like a bad world to live in, too. No, except for, you know, all the giant monsters and stuff, but I see where you're going with that. <laughs> oh, you caught me. <laughs> it's not so late it's not so late at night slash early in the morning that I couldn't sneak down by you. Yeah, I'm gonna stick by my guns. I do not want to live in the world of Pokemon. Oh uh, yeah. <clears throat> You'd rather go farming all the time and and pretend to pay for a house that that, that you live in for free. <laughs> All right, so I think we're good here. I think so, yeah. That was uh, two movies each. We're about an hour and a quarter in, so... Uh, not not our shortest, but certainly not our longest, so... Yes. <laughs> All right, well, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. I, I always like doing this. You, um, had, you did a better job than I did. Uh, I I was floundering on mine. I think part <laughs> was because I'm, I'm, I'm a little more tired than I normally am. Yeah, we're both fading fast. <laughs> and you like you gave me American Beauty to start off with. <laughs> Shit, you could at least give me Titanic. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, that, that would be a thought. <laughs> well, if I redid Titanic, I'd do it all from the iceberg's point of view. People <laughs> <laughs> would be like, what the hell, man? I'm just sitting here and it's like... <laughs> It's like you go around, go around. <laughs> Get out of my way, you goddamn boat! It's like I was here first. Have, have you seen that Facebook post where it's like Titanic is just the story of an old woman talking about this time she got some really good dick on a boat? <laughs> now I've seen the the, the Wizard of Oz thing where it's like you know like a demented girl like oh, yeah. gets four people <laughs> to go in. And kill an old woman or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the same thing as like the Hunger Games. It's like some mean older sister ruined her younger sister's chances of being on TV. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I, I do really enjoy doing these reboot challenges, and I, I I think we got some like I think some of our ideas had some wings there, honestly. Um, so, but yeah, no. Um, this uh, this has been a fun one, so be sure to check out our other Reboot Challenge episode, everybody. Was, uh, I think that was a fun one, too. Yep. So, um, yeah, well, um, it's pretty late. We're both pretty tired. So, uh, yeah, uh, have a good evening, everybody. Or oh, whenever you're watching this. Just, just go to bed. Whatever time of day it actually is, just go take a nap. You deserve it. Yeah, if you if you if you're listening to us while you're in the car, while you're driving down the road, just 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 put your head down the stream. Well, yeah, it's, it's okay. Just you close know, your eyes. Your sunglasses are dark. You can you can get some good sleep on the straight stretches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or you can do that. You can do that thing. You know that that you like you know, that you do when uh, well, it's kind of like we were talking about before, right? With the uh, it's like um, you don't have to like watch the road while you're driving. <laughs> yeah, you know? like. like you know, like the whole typing thing we talked about, right? Yeah, yeah. Where typing is like the one thing that people seem like it's cool to look away while I'm typing. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. You had a question here while I'm typing? Let me just look at you and keep on typing away. I was like, no, that's not cool at all. Just because you're trying to show off. There's no other job or thing that you can do where it's okay for you to look away and engage somebody <laughs> yeah. while you're still like, like, you know, doing that. 
Like, you don't see, like, you know, someone driving their car and be, like, looking away while they're driving. Be like, oh, hey, I can, like, <laughs> look at this. I don't have to look at it. I don't have to look at the road while I'm driving. <laughs> Surgery? No, not at all. It's like I've done it so many times before. I, I can do this with my eyes closed even. Look at this. <laughs> Dentistry? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I just, like, oh, I think I found something solid, and yank, hey, look at that. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no, uh, we're, we're going to hop off, so uh, catch you guys later. Later, everyone. Night. All right there, folks, that was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh... Let's give him a hand.